The theme for the afternoon talk is materialism and from materialism to spirituality. I'll endeavour in the talk to give some explanation and definition of these uh, two themes and uh, uh, concepts. That which we've been exploring today of expansion actually has a direct relevance to uh, uh, both of them. So the way that we have been often brought up, the way of education, the forms of uh, social exposure and uh, contact, and a very materialistically based culture. It is so influential in our field of experience that it is the dominant theme in science the looking at matter, the breaking up of matter, the reducing it to subatomic uh, particles, the exploration of matter as it pl- applies to humor, human beings, neuroscience, of course, uh, DNA. And this tremendous focus of attention on uh, matter as the current pred- predominant paradigm of what reality is all about. It is so intensely uh, strong that it's also and get and strong partly due to its relationship to other theories which we have. And one of those theories, of course, is the whole theory of uh, uh, evolution. And the combination of a strongly based material view of the world that matter is the primary that uh, consciousness and psychology is a kind of secondary um, outburst uh, from the matter. Uh, This thread of this, though there are exceptions, runs so strongly through. It's not surprising that in days, weeks, months and decades of our life we find ourselves in a situation of an immense amount of focus on matter. made to matter. And the model of success is the accumulation of matter. The model of success is how much we are able to gather and accumulate in terms of matter. And the bridge to matter is money. To the point, I'm not sure how it is here in Germany, but when young people were asked uh, what was their primary ambition, if I recall uh, the figures uh, accurately, 87% said that they would like to be a millionaire. It is that strong. And the other which wasn't far behind was to be famous, to be rich and famous. And it shows the strength of the propaganda message which has been generated um, to all age groups, which brings about, in the theory of uh, evolution, tremendous competition. And when one has a materialistic-based culture, highly competitive with the desire to own and possess more in the 
material world, it is not surprising that our resources, land, water, air, what's in the ground and in the ocean, the plastic and so forth, is under severe threat because of a single ideology which is going uh, uh, unexamined. And there are voices, but it's currently a very small minority voice, which is offering and stating very clearly to us that there are alternatives to this ideology, and it is an ideology of materialism, consumerism, personal success, and the acquisition of more and more. And we have to challenge, find ways to challenge this and question it, and somehow find ways to live in another way, as a real dedication and commitment. So this notion of expansion is misapplied in this area. It's misappropriated. And it so easily falls on the expansion, of course, money, more and more desire uh, for that, the expansion in the view of <coughs> having a bigger home, mm-hmm. having a bigger car, mm-hmm. having an expansion uh, there of bigger influence and power, having uh, in this ex- notions of uh, expansion more and more of anything and everything. And there's one uh, Dharma commentator has said, rather ironically, there's a lot of teaching about being one with everything, and to be one with everything, in our ideology, it means having one of everything. (laughs) It's that mad that we are living under. And the, the cost, just the cost in the envy and the possessiveness and the, the, the jealousy and wanting what others have. So the mind in its projections and in its movement engages a lot of comparing. Others have more than I have. Picks it up. Um, and the and therefore it's not surprising that many human beings more and more and very strong amongst the young and the teenagers and older, of not feeling good enough, not having a profound sense of their self-worth due to the comparing with others, because others seem to be better off. Others are wearing designer clothes. Others have a more modern mobile phone. Others uh, have richer parents, etc., And so we live in a brutally competitive environment which is authorised and sanctioned by an ideology of survival of the fittest, there that life is competitive, it's a Darwinian theory, living with a science, all of that is helping to give support and backing up a crisis. So when we speak of questioning and changing and exploring, it's right down to the bare thinking and views and opinions which have been sanctioned all the way through our education and upbringing. And unfortunately, of course, as we know, 
we have exported this ideology worldwide. It's not a Western phenomena, it's a global phenomena. In that, in that uh, explanation, to give a small example, I don't move in these kind of circles and possibly uh, you don't as well. So my daughter Nishona um, uh, started and finished in a, a, a relationship some months ago and for the first, uh, it wasn't the first time and it won't be the last, <laughs> and for the first time though, the relationship she started was with a wealthy man. She, you know, she's from Totnes and with a father like myself and her mum. So materialism and money and all, all of that is not our interests and it's not hers and has never uh, been. So the two, that's my daughter and the good man, uh, uh, got, got, got together. But slowly and gradually, the interest began to, began to fade because his conversation points were often around having and owning and wanting more. He's an importer, he's a business dealer in the, in the um, currency markets and, other, and uh, uh, other things. And a couple of incidents that made, made me smile and brought a comment uh, out. Uh, out, out of me. They went into, well, three actually, they went into a shop, just example of what I've been here, went into a shop, and he bought, I think it was Selfridges, this you know, rather large, boring shop in London, and he bought a suitcase, which cost a lot. But then, on the suitcase, he required that in a brass plate, his name was fixed to the top with his name on it so it could be identified easily when he flew overseas and he said, suitcase was going, going around. And I said to my, my daughter mentioned this to me, and I said to her, why can't he use a piece of string right, like the rest of us? <laughs> Etc. Et yeah. And then in an, another uh, incident, uh, uh, I, I, I could tell you, I could spend an hour telling you, <laughs> telling you stories of, of the rich, which I've been told by a variety of people. But uh, uh, there, and in another incident, um, there, they, they, uh, he took her out for dinner. You know, it's very nice. He's a nice guy, da, 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 da. Yeah. and the menu was handed to her. But to her surprise, besides the menu, there was no price of the meals. That wasn't there. And she said, but there's no price on it. He said, oh, no, 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 we don't do it. So just, you just order what you, what you need and the bill will come at the end and I'll, and I'll pay you the bill. Etc. So had a nice uh, meal, etc. And then the, the waiter came over and said, and handed the bill, so my uh, daughter, curious, said, please, you know, let, let me see the bill. It's just two mil, you know, in, in one of these huge plates with a 
a little bit of food lost in the middle. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he said, no, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. He said, no, I'm going to see the bill. For this meal, she doesn't, she doesn't drink wine, you know, it's not like it, in this meal, 234 pounds, that's around 260 euros. There. And he said to her, oh, it's not the top in the restaurants. He said, real expensive restaurants don't even provide a menu. The chef walks over to you. What would you like to eat this evening, madam, sir? What we would like to recommend to you, you could consider this or that. Like another one. So, quickly my daughter got bored. <laughs> and she's much more into uh, service and family, uh, life and trees and much, much more. And she, thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> and... And making it quite clear, the world of money and importing and so forth just is not her interest there. But something happened. The good man began to question his lifestyle, his preoccupation with money and making more and more money. He began to question. The guy is, I think, he's 41, 42 years of age. And the, and the outcome of that was he went to his wardrobe in his bedroom and in one section of the wardrobe he had a whole row of t-shirts. And he said to Nishona, when he went through this healthy crisis, we might call it, <laughs> now, that he had paid per t-shirt between 300 to 500 pounds. My question was, well, I hope it had long sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> she said, no, Dad. And I, it's impossible for a t-shirt to cost, how much did yours cost? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> he remembered, because he's a money man. And he took these T-shirts. I went, actually went online to see if it was possible to spend that kind of money on a T-shirt. <laughs> and there are T-shirts which are a thousand pounds or more. Or more. Another, well, he took his T-shirts, bless his heart, he took his T-shirts, he went out on the streets of London, and he gave them to the homeless on the streets. He went to his other clothes, his designer suits and his designer pullovers and, and much, much else. And he said to himself, my life has got to change, I've got to get out of this materialism. And went to the charity shops and gave these. Uh, and rang up the shore. He said, you're right, the shore. There's no happiness in... in in all of this, I really have got to change my uh, 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 lifestyle. And now a new, I don't know if they're lovers or not, she hasn't told me, but anyway, at least a new kind of friendship has, uh, has uh, evolved. So I use it as a small, uh, small what should we say, family example. And sometimes people, they're interested in expansion, but the cost 
personal expansion. Environmental cost is extraordinarily high. And so in the reducing of the materialism uh, there, that gives an opportunity, as we have discussed today, for new kinds of expansion uh, there. And with that, to get into a uh, perspective. And a number of people, a number of people who have come on retreats, that I've spoken with and outside of uh, retreats, looking at uh, the life, and perhaps not so much in the dramatic way, but having less brings about more space. And more space gives the opportunity to have more of something else, something, I'm using today the word spiritual, some, something else which is not in the material uh, uh, world. And our access and our receptivity to that is obviously a really uh, key feature in these kinds of teachings and practices. With that uh, uh, change, it's well worth while. And you've probably had this experience at home that sometimes we go through all the kind of stuff that's accumulated there and have a good, as you say in English, spring clean. Spring, summer, winter, autumn, all is good. Uh, there. And there's something quite nice and sweet and calming and peaceful about actually having much less and, having, and just going through everything. Everything. Every single item with a single question, do I really need this? Do I really need this? And in that, uh, something, it just feels more space, it's more relaxing uh, environment to uh, be uh, around, and the calmness and the space and the relaxing environment, as I mentioned, gives that opportunity and uh, receptivity for something else, which today I'm calling spiritual. We are told by our beloved scientists, bless them, you know, the science is terribly patriarchal, I hope you realise that. 83% of scientists are men. And that needs a change in the culture as well, like religion. And sometimes in the exploration and uh, working and looking at ways that uh, we, uh, we, we can change, there's ways in exploring... And there's something precious about it, about making things last. And the scientists tell us there's this word being used, because they love these words. They can't get away from the word matter, so now it's now dark matter. It's got to be matter. So we've got to use the word, so it's dark matter. Dark energy. You know. <laughs> it's just a rather dark view of things. Uh, uh, but more, more importantly, in the measurements of the universe, which is what science does, it does it's, a, it's a tool for measuring. Not a tool for liberation, it's a tool for measuring. And in the measuring, we are told that the universe that we are living in, that only 4% of it is actually matter. Only 4% of it. 
And that therefore, if we're going to live in harmony and be at one with everything, the amount of attention we should give to material things and money is approximately 4%. <laughs> because that's the percentage that we are living in. And we want to live in harmony. There. So it would be precious and, and uh, uh, lovely. Perhaps some days there'll be demonstrations um, uh, on, the, on the streets and we'd be carrying placards, 4%, 4%. <laughs> Uh, there, not four percent off, four percent. Uh, so, being well informed and exploring things may and intended to to give us some opportunity to have fresh ways of looking at things. There, coming back to the element of uh, space uh, again. In Totnes, uh, where. Uh, uh, I live, which st- started at the transition town uh, m- movement to live a more sustainable way of life. One of the different, of the many different kinds of uh, explorations which took place was meetings in the streets. People living in the streets. So I live in the street with fifty-six houses that are in the street. <coughs> And note was put through uh, each of the doors. Yeah, the outcome of that was an invitation for people to meet together to discuss our relationship to energy. Obviously, energy is a key factor in all of this. The outcome of that exploration and looking into energy was to hear ways that we, in our home, are working to conserve uh, energy. And as one who's environmentalist, if I may say, stood for the Green Party 25, 30 years, uh, years ago, speaking on these issues, found myself learning an immense amount from other people. And lots of good ideas and things to remember in this area. Such as some people, in rooms which are in the winter time which are not being used, they turn the radiators off and close the door to conserve the heating in the room where uh, it it needs to be. Some people never leave anything on, on standby, whatsoever. Some people use a egg timer, you know, a little thing, you turn it upside down and it filters through. They have one on the, on the ledge in their shower and turn it upside down and the shower is finished either once or twice for that filter to filter through to minimise the time of the uh, uh, use of the, of the water. Some people piss in the toilet but don't pour the chain to conserve uh, water. <coughs> And some of the people that are doing all all of these energy conservation things, some, including the elderly, it's to save money. They don't want electricity, high electricity bills, high water bills, high heating bills, etc. Not that this 
find much of this in England, but in other parts of the world, there are all these this air conditioning. There's air conditioning in the cars, there's air conditioning in the trucks, there's air conditioning in the homes, and there are air conditioning uh, units in the factories, and so forth. There are 1.6 billion air conditioned units on this earth. Just imagine the resources which are being used. In some cases, of course, has a validity and a necessity. But for some, because I'm feeling a little warm, sensations in the body, I can't handle it. I must have my air conditioning on so it can go from warm sensations in the body to cooler sensations in the body. Tragic. Tragic. What a weak species we have become. <laughs> no, we can't take a few warm sensations. All the cost, the transportation costs, the fossil fuel costs, the environment costs, the air pollution uh, costs, the disposable cost. Just have a little change in the body sensation. As one example, and it's estimated within 25 years, the number of these uh, units is increasing so rapidly it will certainly be up near the 3 billion mark. That's what we're living in. So there's a certain kind of, dare I say, Buddhist austerity there. Real care and look at the way of the sustainability. And because there's care and concern for ourselves and for uh, others, to me, something spiritual about it. Something precious and deeply important, and we can all contribute to that. But one has to take care in expanding of consciousness to a bigger picture than ourselves. And one of the areas that requires us to uh, take some care uh, in with with regard to uh, this (coughs) is to be mindful, of course. One of them is superiority feelings. Getting very judgmental of uh, others. That will not work. Putting others down uh, might be abusing the environment will not work. It will contribute to making others more defensive uh, or more insecure and that will bring about um, more consumption of, of goods. It needs us as well in our relationship to changing the way of life and developing a more, uh, more expansive view of the regularity of making it part of the conversation. Lots of things that we talk about is not that important. And it's said of my half of the species, men, that there's only six areas, or primarily, let's not say only primarily, six areas that we are able to talk about. (laughs) So, for the good women here, please have some compassion on us, because we're in desperate need of it. So, I think if I can remember the six. (laughs) Money. Politics. Women. Sport. Technology. 
computers and cars. <coughs> Those are the six primary objects of discussion amongst men. And out of that, what am I going to talk about? And sometimes when I'm on the trains, on the planes, or in the coffee shop, here a couple of, not in topness of course. <laughs> we have transcended all that. <laughs> and the two guys, or three or four guys, uh, is one of those six themes under discussion. Often it is. We need an expansion. <laughs> We've got to open up. We need fresh ways so that we're not boxed in. And that will take a little bit of boldness from us as men. To, if you work in an office, or if you're with, your, with people in the family, or with some guys, old friends from way back, it's going to take some boldness to expand the dialogue and bring in... Su- bring in something else like a plant-based diet <laughs> there. about giving rather than making a load of money etc <coughs> and much much else it will not happen unless some person or persons is willing to take the risk of being rejected friend of mine in New York she's a lawyer she told me she's also from Israel and she, she's a lawyer working in New York so it's very competitive in law and they're striving to be one of the top law companies in New York so they're very successful uh, New lawyers could make half a million dollars in the first five years if they had no other life <laughs> and did this. And they went out to dinner to celebrate the huge bonuses that they had got. There. Not the world that she was interested in has actually got out of it since. And one of the lawyers was eating... What's that patty? What's that French word? L- liver. Yeah, patty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh? Foie. 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 Yeah. Foie yeah. gras. Yeah. Huh? Foie gras. Foie gras. Foie gras. Yeah. Which translates as mm-hmm. liver yeah. from yeah. from the goose. From oak. Yeah. Yeah. The liver of geese. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. fat. Uh, exactly. And. And yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so they are pumped, they are tortured, exactly as you yeah. said. They are treated terribly uh, there to fatten up the liver. Uh, there. And she's vegetarian. And she turned to him, because she has a voice, and she said to him, Do you know the way these birds are treated before they go to the abattoir? And he said to her, I could not care less. 
about the way they are treated as long as it tastes good. And at that point, she really began questioning, do I need to be in the company of such people? But it, finding the voice, it's this uh, expansion again, the expansion of the voice in difficult situations. And some of our contemporary heroes have found their voice. They're called whistleblowers. There are some remarkable human beings who are putting, of course, the major public figures as well, and others, who are taking extraordinary risks for their everyday freedoms in life to speak up about what is uh, taking place. And the system and uh, uh, those who are powerful, very powerful uh, uh, politicians work to shut those voices down. And the ways that these people get discredited, same strategies are used uh, every time. They don't say it's an abuse of responsibility, would be one. Another would be to find some ways in the, in the area of sexuality to rubbish them and condemn them in that way, set them up for a sting quite often. And, and the third is some financial corruption. They're making personal profit out of it. And all of this is to discredit those whistleblowers to ensure that others don't do that and with the threats, long-term threats. These are, these are the gods, in my view, and the women who are willing to speak up and take uh, the risk. And it is a very high risk that they, 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 they take. And they will be trashed, their names will be trashed to uh, ensure that we do not regard them uh, with respect. That's how. That's the system that we are living under. There. So, sometimes in life, in the finding of the voice, there's the, as I mentioned, there's the expansion of the voice there, and that expansion touched upon uh, today in the whole variety of ways, which having a sense of something which is bigger than the everyday, the non-materialism means we find a good, clear, wise, skillful balance with the material world and outside of it say, wow, there's so much to be discovered, so much to be realised and offered. And in all of that discovery and realisation which comes to us, there is therefore almost so much to be shared as well. And all of that is the, the sensitivities, shall we call it, of what I would call today what is spiritual. Some may not wish to use the the language called spiritual. And in the Dharma teachings one has um, two words, like left hand and right hand, and both genuinely are uh, appropriate. What I mean by that is that in our relationship to life there are many down-to-earth practical issues which you and I need to address in the secular everyday world including matter including money including work and much much more there but it would be a pity 
to limit or confine ourselves, even if we're rather emotionally well-adjusted, as many are in the secular world, well-integrated, doing quote-unquote good work, uh, would listen to a uh, talk like this and essentially would uh, agree with the concerns of the speaker uh, this afternoon uh, there. But I still say it would be a pity in an emotionally well-integrated, well-adjusted way of life with oneself, one's friends, partner, family and, and so forth. If it would if it was seen in any way, uh, that's what it, life is all about, uh, a well-adjusted life. It's a contribution. It's a starting point. It's an important feature. But <coughs> it's also, uh, it is a stepping stone to that which is much greater than that. And when you and I, with our practices and with our meditation, not all the time, but feeling reasonably centred and really reasonably clear and grounded, out of that, as the foundation and basis, there's the potential for extraordinary amount of human consciousness to discover. And it's these discoveries of consciousness which are really precious creative and, and important and serve as a real antidote to the materialism, the consumerism. Consciousness is not to be treated as some kind of marginal offshoot of matter, not to be undermined in that way. It's a fallacy of the viewpoint. Consciousness and human behaviour is having such an obvious issue and impact there's a recognition uh, from us as well that the psychology of the human being, consciousness with its content, psychology of the human being and the consciousness that goes with it is having an extraordinary impact on the material world, on our resources. And we need to be respectful to the material world. It certainly has a place, but its place is not dominant over the place of consciousness and the psychology of human beings. They are together. It's called Nama Rupa in the tradition. It's called psychology, physicality. It's called mind and matter. It's called name and form. That they cooperate and, and mutually influence each other. And therefore, matter is not less important than the mind, consciousness, and it's not more important. And that's part of the dialogue and the radical change which is needed. So that we can live authentically liberated, conscious and expansive lives. Thank you for lending an ear. Let's have a quiet minute together, shall we?
beings explore our relationship <coughs> to the world of matter. May all beings find a balanced perspective. May all beings regularly have a deep sense of the spiritual in the field of existence. May all beings live with love and liberation. So the time now is uh, five to six, hot food, at uh, six o'clock, and communications, of course, still uh, take place. If uh, you want a quiet time, might just eat uh, here. If the bell ring, we we'll just give a few gongs at uh, seven o'clock. So we then return back into the silence at uh, seven o'clock. And then again at uh, ten minutes past seven. So at 7.15 we'll have uh, half an hour sitting meditation and then uh, followed by some uh, inquiry. And so there are some uh, one-to-ones and they'll start at 6.35. Thank you. Enjoy the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah.